0: The Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter, beginning at the 57th verse. Now the time came for Elizabeth to be delivered, and she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and kinfolk heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have named him Zechariah after his father, but his mother said, Not so. He shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your kindred is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all marveled. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father, Abram, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, when the day shall dawn upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, And he was in the wilderness till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Amen and amen. (laughs) Renewal is not a new word. You read about it wherever you read. Government talks about renewal, what's Dick Caligari call it? Renaissance number two. Very few church conferences and assemblies are held where they're not talking about the renewal of the church. And many of you, with me, join in echoing the request of the psalmist when we say with him or her, renew a right spirit within us oh God but many people find it difficult to know how to become renewed just talking about renewal does not bring about new things we all know that It takes more than that and I I think Christmas and the events leading up to that first Christmas can give us a clue a clue as to how renewal comes about. We find, first of all, I think, that renewal can happen as a result of promises that are kept. Promises that are kept, point one. And this scripture which you've just heard gives great emphasis to that fact. Here we have Reverend Zachariah now when we met him two weeks ago, 80-some verses ago, back in the beginning of Luke, it was nine months prior to the end of the chapter. And he's in the church doing his thing as a priest when the angel of the Lord appears and tells him that his aged wife, Elizabeth, is going to have a baby. Reverend Zachariah has a hard time believing what he preaches and doesn't think this is possible and asks for the sign. This upset the messenger of God, and he gave a sign, but not the one Zechariah wanted. He was told that for nine months, until the promise is fulfilled, Reverend Zechariah would not speak, and many Bible scholars think, he was deafened as well. So now nine months has gone by. The baby is born to Elizabeth. They go for the act of circumcision. And in the Jewish household, that is the name when, that's the day the male child receives his name. And they're debating over the name. Elizabeth says, as the servant of the Lord commanded, his name will be John. Reverend Zechariah confirms this. And then, and only then, for the first time, is Zechariah able to speak since that day of that miraculous happening in worship. And here he speaks, his, his, his voice is renewed, his hearing is renewed, his spirit is renewed, and again we see the very fact that God has kept his promise. Renewal comes as a result of promises that are kept, and may we never forget that Christmas is basically nothing more than the proof of a promise God made. If you know your Bible, you'll know clear back 1,000 years before that first Christmas, God gave a clue to Nathan the prophet who gave it to David the king, a word from God which promised that through David's lineage, The kingdom would be built that would last forever and ever and ever. That happened a thousand years before Christmas. Three or four hundred years after that, Isaiah picks up the same theme. And he says, yes, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. To us a son is born, a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's 700 years before the actual fact. And Micah, who who probably was a contemporary of Isaiah, he picks up the theme, and he tells us not only about the Messiah that is to come, but he tells us where that Messiah will be born. He predicts and prophesies and promises as God instructs him that that Messiah will be born in Bethlehem of Judah. Malachi talks about it. Other prophets talk about it. And then, and then, at a particular time of history, when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, And Herod was king. In the fullness of time, God brought forth his son, born of a virgin who was betrothed to a strong but gentle carpenter named Joseph. And there in a little town, a town that still exists, a town called Bethlehem, Jesus Christ was born, and the promise of God was kept, and renewal came to this old world. That's where renewal starts, when promises are kept, and we better remember that this Christmas. Because it's very easy for us to forget some of the promises that God has made, especially when we're downcast, disheartened, in sorrow, in grief, when we're frustrated, and when we're afraid. We can forget so easily those promises of God that will be kept. It's so easy for us. To forget that promise that God in Jesus Christ says, If you come unto me, confess your sins, and believe in your heart, I will forgive you. You'd be surprised the number of people, some of you, who don't believe that promise, and you still feel very dirty, very wrong, and feel that God does not love you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again. Some people don't believe God in Jesus, that he'll come again. Some of you don't believe that on the other side, you're going to meet those loved ones. Jesus tells us we live for eternity. And there's a room in that house, there's many mansions. We forget that promise. Jesus says that with faith all things are possible. We give up so easily when we forget that the promises of God may not be fulfilled. We say God's omnipotent on the present. We say that he's sovereign, which means he can do anything he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. But you know, there's one thing God can't do. Did you ever realize that? There's one thing that even God cannot do. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. And if God, through his holy word, blessed by his Holy Spirit, says something in a promise, you can be sure it will be kept. Yet so many of us who know that word of Jesus, word of Jesus says that no secret will ever remain secret forever, that everything that is hidden will be revealed. That's a promise yet some of us still sneak around thinking that we're going to get away with something we think we're fooling everybody we're fooling no one but ourselves it's a terrible thing when you don't when you don't believe that the promises of God will be kept perhaps the most tragic thing is that we begin to believe then that we don't have to keep promises to each other. We don't have to keep promises to God whom we have not seen. Why? Why do we have to keep promises to people that we do see? So consequently, believing that God's word will not be kept, we don't really think we have to keep our word, do we? And then we wonder why there's no renewal in our lives. in this church you know before you can join it you attend class for six weeks before I'll baptize any of your children you must meet in a pre-baptismal conference with me before I'll marry any of your family or you you must meet with me for at least two premarital counseling sessions And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, it's not that I'm hard-hearted or have nothing else better to do. No, no. The reason that we do that is that I believe that that is mandated upon me as a teaching elder in the church to explain to you the vow and the promise that you will be taking not only before people but before God. You don't take that promise to me. Nor do anybody else. You take it before God. And whether or not you take God at His word, believe me, God believes in you and takes you at your word. Therefore, you better be very careful what you promise God. And some of us aren't. My term as pastor here, I've seen more than 1,500 people stand up before this congregation and promise. Promise that they would be a faithful disciple and a loyal member of this church and give in every way possible time, talent, and money. Some of them haven't kept that promise. They made it not to this church, they made it to God. three out of every five don't make it you realize it's that high three out of every five but i've heard men and women stand before this church or some other and promise to love cherish and obey till death do them part ran into a little difficulty third person some problem and some just didn't think their promise was worth it we can get out of it right there i've heard parents promise promise god that they would raise their child in a christian home and bring that child up in the nurture and admonition of the lord they promised where's the kid at sunday school And then we wonder what's wrong with the church, why it's not renewed. We wonder what's wrong with the sacred institution of marriages, why they don't work, and we wonder what's wrong with our young people, why there's no new life in them. Renewal comes when promises are kept on the part of God, on the part of us. Sometimes the promise doesn't come for a long time, but Isaiah tells us that they Who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, mount up with wings like eagles, run, and not be weary, shall walk and not faint. Renewal comes when promises are kept. Renewal comes when possibilities are expected. When possibilities are expected. in my mind we're starting out on the greatest week of all the year I love this week the week before Christmas and even though it's exciting and pressure packed and filled I'm thrilled with it because of the possibilities of expectation I expect great things this week and if you don't I feel sorry for you Do you know you're gonna find some renewal in your household especially amongst those wee little children this week you're gonna find some of them willing to be renewed in spirit where they take out the garbage where they clean up their rooms some of them may even do their homework go to bed on time I wouldn't be a bit surprised some of those little five or six year olds might even wash behind their ears take a bath Why? the renewness comes because of the great expectation the possibility of expectation that on saturday night somebody's gonna come to town who has a list that's checking it to see who's naughty and nice That's great. Heaven help the person who doesn't have the spirit of the child, the renewed spirit of the child, that comes from possibilities of expectation. On Friday I had a horrible experience. Ran into a person who is a fellow minister of Jesus Christ. That person must have been having a horrible day because I said, Hello, how are you? I'm tired. Not wanting to go into a dissertation that oftentimes tiredness is a condition of the mental attitude rather than the physical condition, I changed the subject and said, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! I'll be glad when the day is over. We write cards to people we don't want to write to, we give gifts to people we don't want to give to. Out glad it will be over. All I could do as I walked away is I hope that minister doesn't have to minister to somebody in the name of Jesus Christ that day. The Jesus Christ who said, Behold, I make all things new. I was really depressed hearing somebody who felt no newness in life because of the possibilities of expectation. I hope you're not amongst that company. Renewal comes also when plans are prepared. That's the wonderful thing about Christmas. It takes so much planning, so much preparation. In my mind, the great days come before Christmas, not on Christmas. It's always kind of anaclimactical, but it's getting ready, making preparation. It took God a thousand years to prepare for that first Christmas. And you people know that if you're going to have the turkey stuff, the trim tree, the <laughs> <yeah>, tree trimmed, <laughs> nothing wrong with me, <laughs> notes written, you've got to prepare. And if you haven't prepared, I don't want to come to your house at Christmas. Renewal comes when you prepare with plans. Someone said there's three types of people in the world, those who stand and watch what other people do they never get involved then there's the second group those are the people who get involved but they do so only in reaction to what others have done and then there are those who make things happen and we as Christians under the spirit of God and under the direction of the Holy Spirit are to make things happen and you don't do that without plans but when plans are prepared there comes a new power a new joy renewal I hope we all learned something in this great week of the year leading up to one of the greatest days of the year so that at this time we can be renewed in spirit with Christmas renewal and if we do that Every day, every day will be Christmas. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, Father, renew that right spirit within us. And now may the grace, mercy, and peace of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be in abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.